We're just about to call our guest today. Today's guest is Becky Nemchek. Becky Nemchek uh, was helping out with youth ministry uh, at my old church when I was a part of the youth ministry there. I don't really know her all that well. Um, I just kind of like know her from passing. Um, have a lot of respect for her, though. Um, I know she loves people well, so that's really solid. Uh, Calvin suggested having her on. Um, Calvin, is there anything you wanted to say about about her in general? One thing I love so much about Becky is that, like, she has probably one of the biggest servant hearts. And in her humil- in like her humility, she's not like the type of person that brags about the things that she does or the things that she's experienced. But she served in many different like areas within our church. Uh, she used to serve in like uh, believe it was her life for quite a while. And like now the, she the ladies ministry. Yeah. And as well, um, I think now she's currently serving with our high school ministry, which is how we know each other. So um, she does a really just amazing job with like the young girls as far as like teaching them identity and like solid, like just straight solid biblical like identity things about like who they are, how much they're valued, how much they're cared for. She just has like a heart for people. She serves in Detroit. Uh, my brother's keeper. I went down there a few times with her and with Margie. That's how they uh, know each other, too. So, yeah, man, I really just want to dive deeper into her story to see exactly, like, you know, what things has she experienced, like, or things that the Lord has brought to her attention. Right on. Yeah, I'm excited because uh, I, I don't think we've really mentioned this, but um, the way that we usually get guests is either someone that we've heard of that neither of us know that uh, we just respect um, and we know that they, you know, have a, have a firm grasp on what God's done in their life and they tell their story well. Um, or a conversation that we've had specifically with somebody that we're like, all right, we want them on to talk about that. Um, or sometimes someone that we just straight up respect and let's just have them on and see where things go. Uh, so yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I don't really know much about her story. So um, Becky, who are you? Oh, geez. Who am I? I know. Very, very broad question. But yeah, you as a person, what do you do and uh, what are you passionate about? I am an account manager for a company that is a steel mill processing center. Um, it's a global company. We're located in AK Steel, um, US Steel, all the major steel companies. I pretty much manage those accounts and make sure that they're happy with us been doing it for 20 something years so pretty easy now i am what am i passionate about boy that shifts a lot um i'm passionate about the next generation knowing jesus um i'm passionate about serving um about making an impact in the short amount of time i have on this planet Uh, my family and yeah, I think that that's a good start. Very cool. So um, we know each other. I believe we were doing youth ministry at the same time years back. I think, yeah, I think when I first started. Yeah, I always get confused on like time frames and who was involved with what, when. But I, I just know that I saw you around alive a lot in um, the high school ministry. Um, are yeah. you involved in any uh, student ministries or uh, like ladies ministries at, at the church now? I am. Um, I did ladies ministry her life. I was assistant director there for a couple years. 
kind of felt called away to that from that. I don't want to sound, this might sound a little harsh, but I kind of felt God calling me to, to a place where I can make more of an impact. Um, sometimes in women's ministry, you get the same ladies four years later going through the same stuff and just, you know, complaining about the same stuff and they're not ready to, to get, to get better. So I felt called away and I, uh, I started serving there for, for a little bit. And then I went to women's ministry and then I felt called to get deeper involved in the alive ministry and youth ministry. Um, and then after Adam left, I kind of took a detour and I was uh, involved heavy with reach more. That's our, uh, the Metro community outreach. And then um, I kind of felt called away to that. And I started back into youth ministry um, on a higher scale about a year ago. So right now I am the life group coordinator for our high school ministry alive. So it's been kind of like a back and forth um, kind of fought youth ministry for a while. Like maybe I'm too old or, you know, I should be in women's ministry, but God saw differently. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm back. It's been such a blessing to have you. Honestly, it's been great. Oh, thank you. So great. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. So uh, real quick with, with reach um, for people that have no frame of reference of like what reach is. Um, can you go into a little bit about that and, and how you help out? Yeah. Um, I actually was the reach local, our community outreach director for almost four years. That is, we, we serve the community a couple times a month. We'll go to Focus Hope and load food boxes. Uh, we'll have blood drives. We'll help the Red Cross. We go to soup kitchens. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Um, but again, I just felt, and I don't know if it's because I'm getting older, and, and I've said this before, when you have probably more years on the backside than you do looking forward, your perspective shifts. So I just felt God calling me to something that would make more of an impact um, on a relationship level. So I fought it for about six months. Finally, God smacked me in the face and said, you need to step down from Reach Local and you, you need to get more involved um, on a one-on-one -on -one mentoring kind of um, next generation basis. So that's what I did. I think it's really interesting um, like I'm bent more towards like re relationship building type things. So I often feel this call of God away from that to the more tangible things, um, mm. where I think it's cool just like that God's always stretching us, you know, for someone like yourself that might be more bent towards like tangibly helping somebody with their needs to pull you towards the relational side. And it, it has to be God because that's not naturally me. Mm -hmm. I am not bent that way. So I know when when I feel that pull and that push that it's God telling me to to do it. Because you've uh, served in our high school ministry, actually. You're, you had students graduate, didn't you, Becky? Yes. Um, I actually started in Alive when the oldest leader might have been 19. Um, wow. <laughs> and I remember sitting with Adam Dorban 
and discussing becoming a live leader and completely tried to talk myself out of it. <laughs> I was old. Um, the kids didn't want me. I wasn't hip and cool like all the other leaders. And he kept saying, no, no, no. They need someone who's an older sister or a mom type. And I wanted to quit probably twice a month for the first year. And I felt so uncomfortable and so out of place. And I just, um, just persevered. I'm so thankful I did because it's been, it's grown me and stretched me. And these relationships I've had with my girls and leaders and everyone involved has just been some of the, the biggest blessings in my life. So yeah, that's, um, that's how that came to be. That's yeah, so needed too. I mean, like, uh, we, we, we're doing youth ministry out here in Pennsylvania, my wife and I, um, I mean, we are quite a bit older than the kids, but like they see us as younger. I mean, cause we both look a little bit younger for one where, I mean, we could, we could even be their parents, um, uh, as far as age goes, but I feel like they, they look at us as like older siblings, um, yeah. <laughs> which has benefits. Uh, but at the yeah. same time, like, yeah, there's not that level of like, I don't know if I want to say authority. Um, but like, yeah, not that level of authority, I guess. Um, where <laughs> yeah, we, have, yeah, we have, have some like uh, older ladies at our church that like when they talk to our kids, like they listen and it's kind of like the, the fear, <laughs> fear of God's put in them. But, uh, but, but yeah, that's something that is so stinking lacking in, in youth ministry. Like most of the youth ministries that I've seen is just a, a lot of young people that really want to relate to, to teenagers and pour into them. Um, and not like a, a great balance of, you know, next generation. And, yeah. and I would agree, Josh, I think that's a good point. Um, I'm a huge fan of Jeannie Mayo, and I just look at the impact that she had. And I think it's a confidence. I think um, for a while, oh, this is going to get, this is going to be honest. Um, <laughs> I fought aging. I fought the season of life. Uh, I, I didn't want to be older. I didn't want to be that, you know, who doesn't want to be young and hip and cool. And then as I just kept going to God with it, he said, you know, you, this is a valuable season. It's needed. Um, I, I bring you to these things. I, you know, you have to use it. So I am starting to get more comfortable with, with getting older and my age and seeing that there's wisdom and, and there's a need there. And, having a confidence with that. So yeah, that I, I agree. I do agree that it's needed. Yeah. And totally like in our generation, I guess you could say with the younger people, like you would have a youth pastor that's probably like fresh out of seminary, 25, 26 years old. And like for me, for uh, high school students, like 17 or 18, like it's cool. You kind of see him like Josh was saying as like that older brother, but like long-term ineffectively, like I would see it as like a peer pastoring which is like a term that I've kind of just used where it's like, I don't have like a head pastor who's like older than me and has life experience, but someone who's like, you know, five or six years older or like a year or two older. And I'm like, it's some benefits to that, but also in the end, like you need a person who's wiser, who has more time invested with the Lord, who's able to actually pour something out of what they live through rather than a young person all the time, give you advice about how to do things now. I feel like the older generation and the mature generation have like this perspective on life where it's about the important things and what really matters. 
which is why hanging out with Gordon is so important. Like for me, he has like this perspective of eternity, which most people our age usually don't think about. We're so focused about five year plan. He's like, if you meet Jesus tomorrow, Calvin, how is your heart? Like he asked me those type of questions. So it was like he keeps he keeps me focused on the things that actually truly matter in Christ. So like, yeah, it is a blessing to have that. Like exactly like what you have. Yeah, and I, like I see a lot of value in like things like youth groups and things like small groups that are more like age specific. But uh, like we're a part of a small group out here that the leaders are. I think if they listen to this, I hope I don't overshoot their age. Um, I'll undershoot it. I want to say they're in the mid fifties. <laughs> they're mid fifties. Um, but there's another couple that are in their early sixties, and then there's like my wife and I and some college students. So it's like it's a pretty good good range there. Um, but it's been such a cool thing just to hear the wisdom from the older couples and just to have like the youthfulness tossed in there in the mix too. Um, and one of those things that I don't I don't see happen near enough like in in church circles, just like uh, a molding of different generations just to like discuss and talk about things. Um, it's usually just like so compartmentalized, uh, which I think has its place, but just kind of takes an intentionality to bridge those gaps. That's one thing that I felt God was calling me towards is connecting the generations. Um, I just by serving youth ministry, I've it has um, it just keeps me um, revitalized. Um, I see, I see a young faith. I see people just starting their walk and I get excited and it, and it blesses me. And, um, this is the future of the church. And, and like Gordon said, Calvin, we have to look eternally. We can't look five years from now because, you know, you don't know, you don't know when, when, how, how many more days I'm going to walk and, and, if we don't train up this generation, the church won't be here. Will not be here. You, you guys are the future, and um, I think that there's a lot in our church churches today that don't realize that. So Becky, let's let's backtrack a lot, and I'm excited to hear it because I don't I don't know any of the backstory of Becky Nemchek. So, um, how did you come to know Jesus? Oh, um, well. I was not raised in a Christian home. My parents divorced when I was nine. Um, we moved, we lived in Detroit and I moved out to Allen Park with my mother. Uh, she was not, she was very dysfunctional. She was an addict. She um, did not have a stable upbringing herself. Um, I've learned to um, have compassion for what she went through and I've forgiven much. Um, we went to church a couple times with my aunt. She uh, she's a Christian. She's probably one of the only ones in my family that has a that I can see a relationship that bears fruit. Um, but it was nothing. It was not consistent. There was really nothing to it. It was all surface. Um, I got pregnant at eighteen. Was not married. Um, got married all through. Uh, my teenage years, and it was just complete dysfunction. Uh, didn't know anything about Jesus or God or anything like that. Um, I got married. It was an abusive relationship. Lasted for a couple years. Um, had another child. Um, 
finally left him. Uh, I was young with two children and had almost no income. I was working at a diner as a manager in the evenings and I met a guy there, super nice guy. We uh, moved in together. Um, I was with him for 12 years. Um, through the course of those 12 years, I had started having trouble with my older son. Um, he was um, ADD. He was in and out of trouble. He, um, he actually stole a car at 12. Um, he was running away from home. There was nothing I could do. I, was, I felt ill-equipped. I was a young mother. Um, I probably made all the wrong decisions, but I, looking back and see how God used that to draw me, um, I'll fast forward through um, a bunch of junk, but I was invited to church when my son was 14 and I was just exhausted. I was exhausted with dealing with what I was dealing with. I didn't have answers. Um, after a couple of weeks of going to church, it was a small Baptist church in Riverview. Um, Michael Edwards' dad was the pastor, actually. Michael Edwards became my daughter's youth group um, leader, which is kind of funny. But uh, old-fashioned author Paul Josh, I, they um, talked about it. I went forward. I knelt down. I prayed with the assistant pastor's wife. I was uh, sobbing. I was a complete rock. And when I walked away, um, I was, I felt, I can handle this. I can do this. Um, I wish I could say I was one of those people that did the 180 degree change when I, when I met Jesus. It did not happen. It took me many, many years, but I will tell you it was easier with him than without him with what I was going through. And um, that's how I, I met Jesus. So he, um, he absolutely drew me through the stuff that my son went through and all the, the situations I went through with him. He's used that in youth ministry. He's redeemed all of that. Um, and I honestly don't know if I would know Jesus if it hadn't been for that. So looking back, like even on that moment, like what was it about, what was it about like Jesus that really like drew you to him or can you even put a finger on it? Um, I was hopeless. I felt completely hopeless. I felt like I couldn't do, there was nothing I could do to save my son, that, that there was nothing I could do um, to change my life. Um, and I just felt hopeless. And and when I left that altar, I, I felt like I had hope. Amen. I even know you had another son. Yeah, yeah. He lives in, um, praise Jesus, he he went through so much, Calvin, honestly. Um, and I had so much regret because I was so young and the decisions I made, but that's another thing, you know, Jesus, I, I've learned that that my sin and, and what I did in the past, um, that's pridefulness to think that the cross won't cover that. So, uh, you know, I've, I've gone through uh, much of that and, and, you know, I've forgiven myself and, and I've worked through all that, but he um he was actually in and out of prison a couple of times. He was a hardcore addict. He um, stole because of that addiction. But praise God, he's living with his dad in Ohio. He's been clean for three years. Wow. Maybe four. Yeah. So he he said 
he um, he can quote scripture back and forth because he, he had nothing but the Bible in prison. He says he knows Jesus. Um, he's not connected at church. Um, he's not walking what I would call um, a close walk with Jesus, but you know, God knows his heart and you know, I, I have to trust that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Walls are coming down. So what, what did that look like uh, in your early Christian walk? Like I'm assuming that, that circumstances and everything didn't just, didn't just change, but uh, like, uh, what, what did that look like for yourself going from like just being in this helpless place to go to walking with Jesus through it all? Baby steps, small steps. Um, I started doing less of what I had been doing. Um, you know, I started getting convicted on things that I had been doing. Um, I little by little, I honestly just became a homebody. Um, I I left, and, and this is this is so uncomfortable to talk about. <laughs> um, I actually realized that the guy that, that I was married to had been for 12 years. Um, it wasn't where I was supposed to be. Um, so I left that relationship and then I was alone with my kids for about seven years. And through that seven years, I became, um, God just did a work. I, I went to church. I became involved in um, the kids ministry on Wednesday nights. We did King's kids and we did VBS and, um, I just started seeing things differently. I started, um, I had a hunger to know more about Jesus. And um, I started getting rid of the things in my life that I didn't think uh, pleased him. And that was one of the relationships. And um, little by little, um, things started to shift. My, I met a man um, after, it was probably about five years after. And um, I did that relationship. I said, I'm going to do this godly. And um, we dated. We didn't move in together. Um, we, he, we started going to church together. He started going to my small Baptist church with me. He started getting involved in um, the VBS and uh, the um, Wednesday night Kings kids and different things like that. So we, he, he was raised Catholic. Um, we went through a class at this church. He was um, baptized there. Um, we got married there. Uh, so that, that was all done the way I thought that God had wanted me to do it, um, which was a complete shift. During that time, um, that little church folded, which was a grieving process. Uh, it just, it was not healthy in the leadership there. So about, there was about two years, we started going to different churches. Um, I don't want to say church shopping, but we, you know, we were looking for a new church. Uh, couldn't find one. So after a while, I, we didn't go. It was probably about a year where we didn't go. Um, then Dylan, my youngest son, got in. Oh, you know, uh, let me backtrack. We went to um, we went to this church at Flat Rock High School when it was first there. Walked in there. We were there when probably a couple months, and then I said I can't do this. But that was when Metro was first in Flat Rock, and it was all eighteen year olds. And I said I can't, I just can't. It just didn't 
I couldn't fit. It just wasn't a fit. So then, you know, we kept looking, couldn't find anything. Um, about a year and a half later, Dylan came home and he said, oh, I found this youth group, mom. It's called Alive. And I said, oh, really? He said, yeah. I said, remember that church where it was all young people? He said, well, now they have old people. <laughs> <laughs> so all I right. said, all right, I'll check it out. So um, I went to Metro at Trenton because they just moved in the Trenton building. And I started going there. Um Unfortunately, my husband during this time just decided he didn't want to go to church. Um, he said, you know, that if you want to go, that's fine. He said, but I'm good. I'm good. So um, I started going. And I would say during that time, um, my faith just exploded. I, I, I just got on fire for Jesus. And... Um, been about nine years since I walked that door. So, what does life look like for you right now at the very moment? Like when you walk with Jesus and like uh, ministry stuff. Um, what does it look like now? It's kind of been a season of transition, um, of kind of waiting, which is kind of weird to me. Um, I loved. I love to serve. Um, I love to, um, I just want to make the most impact for Jesus with the time I have on this earth. So I just want to keep going and doing. And um, I've had to scale that in. God's been been talking to me about that too. And, and just saying, you know, you don't, you don't have to be busy all the time for me. Just sit and be and be still. And so this has been a shift. Um, but through that, it, it's again, I just feel called to, to that relationship. Um, I did a Beth Moore study. It's called entrusted. It's on second Timothy blew me away. Um, mm. it's just what we've been entrusted to this next generation. We've entrusted the gospel for the next generation and, um, we need to steward that and we need to pass it on and, 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 and I think John Piper, if, if I'm not mistaken, said something. One of his messages was, as you get older, you have to fight against just finishing your faith well, running your race well. Um, we, we need to make sure we're, we're passing that on well, too. And I just feel an urgency for that. Um, so I'm not sure. I, I do. I, I oversee life groups for Alive, and I love that. Um, I, love, I love training up leaders. Um, and, and that's what, you know, Ephesians 4.12 says we're to equip, we're to equip the, the saints for the work. And, and I just feel like that's, that's where God has me now. Um, I'm kind of a little restless on what that looks like. Um, I have a heart to teach, to teach, um, the, the next generation. So I don't know how that even looks, um. But, but in a small scale, you know, maybe a, maybe a smaller group. Um, but again, I don't, you know, God's, God's not showing me a, a bunch of, of, you know, he's, he's just lighting a couple little steps. So I don't know what that looks like. And, and I'm anxious to, to get moving. Um, so we'll see. I'm just being faithful when I know what he's called me to now. And, you know, we'll see where he takes me. Um, so I was just curious. Um, don't know how exactly to word this, but 
with like I guess when it comes to you having like a big heart to pour into the younger generation, um, like it, sound, it sounds like you didn't really have that yourself, like older generation pouring into you. So I guess like what are what are kind of some of the challenges with that, and maybe even some of the some of the benefits that you see in maybe trying to fit a need that, or you know trying to fill shoes that you didn't have filled for you. Um, well, I wonder if that's one of the reasons why I feel such a passion for it to start with. Um, but I have, I've talked to other, a few other people about this because I remember Adam Dorban again. Uh, I love Adam. Adam, serving under Adam, he is one of my favorite people on this planet. So if I talk a lot about him, he's made a big impact, but he his uh, message about the Miyagi everyone needs a Miyagi do you, I don't know if you remember that one mm-hmm. uh, when you're in a church like the one I attend there's not a lot of Miyagis for a person like me so I don't know how to find that um I need it and I crave it and I want it and I don't know how to get it um I've I've prayed about you know trying different churches you know um, less, I don't want to say seeker friendly churches, but you know, something with more of a, a mature congregation. Um, but I don't feel that's where I, I don't feel called away. Um, I've kind of felt like stay and be this Miyagi to others as they raise up. So, um, I, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough not having that Paul in my life. Um, so yeah, if you know someone, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say, uh, yeah, like our we have this friend named Omer who uh, he's like seventy six, I think, um, and uh, he he just like has a passion for discipling young guys. But uh, that honestly has been a thing that he's talked to to me about. Um, it's just like you know, like I have a passion for this. I know other guys that have a passion for this, but. You're just like, where, where are the ladies doing this? You know, like, um, so yeah, yeah, that's, I, I love that. I know, I know quite a few ladies that are like, I want to say like a, around your age that are doing awesome things, like being that discipler to younger girls. But, uh, but yeah, I, I don't, I'm not saying this like to be critical of like the older generation, but it does seem like for for like yourself for margie for a couple other friends that i that i know like they are operating out of what they like wish that they did have and god's doing great things through it but at the same time it's just like yeah it would be amazing to to find some ladies that are more like in their 70s to pour into absolutely and if and i'm so thankful for this this season that I live in, in the culture and with the technology, because truly I am a podcast junkie. I devour them. Um, I, I listen to at least one a day. Um, I read, I love reading. So if it weren't for all of that, um, I've been able to, to feed myself, I guess. Um, but I miss that, you know, I miss having someone who is, um, wiser and, 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 you know, in a, in a 
has walked this walk longer and, and might be able to, you know, that I could talk to. So I, I, I do, I miss that. Um, so if someone listens to this and they have ideas, that would be great. Yeah. Cause honestly, like you, you ladies are like such a gem, man. And like shout out to anyone who's listening to podcasts who, who is like a woman of faith who's serving in their body. Like that is, is one of the most underreached, I want to say, areas where people just find easy to just give up and walk away. Because they see, like, dealing with, like, young women to be, like, an overly emotionally burdensome task, but not seeing the fruit in front of it that could be. So I feel like a lot of people just, like, abandon it. So therefore, like, it's not, like, a lot of people doing it. But, like, for the people who are, like, there is such a blessing behind that. Like, I want to just encourage and declare that like for you guys like right now the father sees and like what he sees done in private he rewards in public so like yeah it is such a need and the fact that you're doing it now even like with the girls at our church like it's super inspirational because identity is like so necessary like they need to know how loved and treasured they are but they can pass that on the identity on to other girls yeah and i think another reason too i i maybe people maybe these women don't don't have a confidence, you know, maybe they don't know what can I offer, you know, I have nothing, nothing to offer, or, you know, we just get wrapped up, I think as we get older, we get wrapped up in our families and our, our your grandkids and retirement, and, you know, you're a better season, and you can maybe in your job, and you can, you know, take more vacations or things like that, and, and not that those aren't all great things, but I just, I don't want that to be my legacy. I don't want another vacation to be my legacy. I want, I want um, someone's life to be changed and someone to know Jesus. And 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 you just see those after generation after generation. So I just have to fight to keep that passion because um, it's so easy, so easy to 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 go, you know, get drawn into the others, other things. It's it's, it's got to be intentional. Mm-hmm. So Becky. Um... Considering like your your past, um, your story coming to Christ and everything since, um, if you were to boil it down to, like I I did see God in this way, but He transformed me to understand Him in this way. Um, how how would you word that? Um, I guess I never saw God in any way. Actually, um, I never felt that there was anyone that cared what happened in my life. Um, that probably because of, of the junk that I went through, maybe if I would have thought that he was there, I would have been angry. Um, so I never really thought about it. I never really thought that there was anyone that cared. Um, and now, um, He's just, he's just my rock. He is my reason for being on this earth is, is to let people know about him. And, and I don't know how to vocalize that. I just know that when I think of me, the first person I think of is Jesus. I mean, what am, what is my life about? And that's just that, um, and I don't mean that to sound arrogant at all. It's just, I just really love them. It's good. Mm-hmm. So, 
I don't vote. I'm not, I'm not any theologian. I don't vocalize things well. I just, I just know that I love Jesus and I want to serve him. And I want to, I want to end this, this race well. And I want him to say, well done, well done, my child. Well, Becky, th- I mean, thanks so much just for faithfully serving like that young- younger generation. I mean, it's encouraging just for me and Calvin, definitely. Um, I don't know, just to just to see anyone like care about kids. Because, yeah, I, to- I totally get what you were saying earlier about just like even feeling older than the younger kids. Like, I mean, like, I-, I feel like I experienced that in a, a small way <laughs> just more recently um, where I never used to. Um where it's just kind of like a matter of, yeah, having that confidence that like, all right, like I want to be where God called me to, not where it's comfy for me to be or not where it makes right. sense in my head for me to be. Even even if I were like a 65-year-old man who was called to youth ministry, like, I don't know, might really feel like the old dude. Uh, but, but, uh, but yeah, just trusting that like, you know, God's going to use it in a, in a way that he wants to use but that's a great way to put it. You, you vocalize that so much better than I could. Um, trusting that you're where God wants you to be, not where you're comfortable. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Becky, for hanging out. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I survived it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's not all that bad. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys asking me. Indeed. <laughs> all right. Thanks, guys. Yep, thanks, Take care, Becky. All right, bye. Later. I'm glad she had a chance to talk. Like Becky, like she's so like low key amazing, like <laughs> in the greatest ways. Yeah, like we are like with her in person. Like she's like like one on one or like in a group setting. Like she's dynamic of a person. Mm. Like she may come across like really really timid, like in a podcast and things like that. But like my gosh, like as as a person, like as like a human, like she's just awesome. I like really appreciate her. She's humble and soft spoken. Very. Mm. Very, very, very simple. Like she's not like, like she said, she's not like some great theologian. She's very, very practical. Mm-hmm. I've always appreciated the simplicity of like her life and like just her love. All right, so that's the end of our conversation with Becky. Next week we'll have a conversation with Fallon Braddy. He's a musician and game maker, and we're really excited to share the conversation we had with him. If you'd like to keep up on the current episode and the episodes to come, you can follow us by going on to LetGodDie.com. Click on the contact page, and there's a place that you can sign up for our email mailing list. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it, and until next time.